Hi and welcome to another edition of Authorised, the podcast where writers speak. My name's Kevin Hillier and speaking to Nathan Burke about his book in uh, just a few moments' time. But a reminder about our podcast partners, and they're great people to talk to, great people to deal with, and people who will help you out. If you've set your financial goals and you know where you want to go, they're the people to talk to because they'll help you get there. If you haven't set your financial goals, they're exactly the people you want to talk to because they'll uh, help you uh, work out exactly where your finances are, where you want them to go and how you get there. Uh, it's a very simple equation uh, that we complicate, they don't. Give them a call, CSCG 9974 or jump on the website and have a look at the people you're dealing with and the services they offer and they're very wide and varied, the people and the services, uh, cscg.com.au, that telephone number, 9974 and now Nathan Burke is a man who's had a terrific career as a player and now uh, these days as a coach in the AFLW system, uh, coaching the Western Bulldogs team. Uh, he also, as a parent, has had uh, one of his girls go through and become uh, an AFLW player, but he's been involved in uh, sport as both a player and as a coach uh, for many, many, many years. 323 games with the St Kilda Football Club, uh, four-time uh, uh, best and fair, oh, sorry, three-time best and fairest, four-time uh, All-Australian, so he had a decorated career, was a great player uh, and has gone on to become a, a great coach. Uh, but one of the things he also is, is a terrific parent uh, and uh, best and fairest Sports Parenting is the name of the book that he's written. Uh, it's full of all sorts of tips that uh, as a parent who came up and uh, coached kids and was involved in uh, my children coming through uh, playing uh, sport, uh, this is a great book. This has just so many things going for it. Nathan's got some great opinions on many, many areas of, uh, of developing uh, kids with sport and he uh, shares those in this book and he shares those in this chat that I have with him for our authorised podcast. Nathan, yep. thanks for your time. Really appreciate it. No worries. And speaking of time, you put an awful lot of time into this book, uh, Best and Fairest Sports Parenting. Now, tell me, is it is it something you've been sort of talking about doing for a long time or thinking about doing for a long time and then finally went, okay, now I'm going to do it? Uh, what was the process? Yeah, it was something that I thought about for, for quite a while. It was based on sort of my observations of watching various parents and and kids through my own three kids sporting journeys as they were coming through teenage years. Uh, it was also a bit based on my own performance as a sporting father during those times and sort of uh, eventually wisening up and, and seeing the things that I was doing right, things that I was doing wrong and sort of the school teacher background, you always you, you, you learn things about how kids learn and what's best thing for kids. I'm thinking all of these should be applied to sports kids as well. And so I sat down, look, to be honest, it's probably about five years ago now, and started researching and found there wasn't a lot out there for an Australian audience in particular. There was some stuff coming out of the States, but there wasn't really anything sort of Australian-oriented. So started putting pen to paper then, and yeah, we're sort of a long journey down to this point where we are now, where it's, uh, people can actually read it. You mentioned uh, the research that you did. Uh, as you read through the book, there's an enormous amount of studies that you've gone to to find facts and figures and and information to back up uh, the the things that you've written in the book. A, a lot of which is just you know common sense as much as anything else. But there's an enormous amount of uh, material around to read. But as you say, not a lot of it uh, Australian based. No, it's not. And look, we do have slightly different takes on things here in Australia and it was probably highlighted to me by at one stage my, my daughters had a, a coach from Europe 
And uh, he said to me at the end of uh, a training session, he said, look, in Europe, the parents come, they hand over their kids to the coaches and then they go and then they come back and they pick them up at the end and they don't have anything to do with the coaches. But he said here, he said, I find it amazing where all the parents just sort of hang around and talk and watch training and sort of mingle and then take their kids home. And he said, it's it's completely different. And uh, I thought, well, it is different. One of the reasons is that uh, sometimes sport here in Australia is very expensive. We want to make sure our kids are getting value for money and we want to make sure they're safe and all that sort of stuff. And we want to be involved. In, in what they do. So it's a, a slightly different take on things and that sort of hit home that perhaps in Australia we are different. So let's look for some things that, that we can do that, that suit us in particular. There's a lot of stuff in the book that's about child psychology and adult psychology that uh, is is very, very beneficial. But And, and no matter if you go to an Oz kick on a, on a Saturday or a Sunday morning or you go to a soccer match or a basketball, you'll see bits and pieces that are mentioned in this book in every single one of those, some good and some bad. Yeah, and that's that's the thing. There's, there's the, what I call the the sideline psychos, and we've all probably seen them. That's at one extent of the, uh, the, the, the gamut of, of parenting. But then right down the, the other end where it may not be that obvious, and it might be something as little as if your child plays a good game, well, then the parent is there standing with the other parents and they're you know, saying well done and high-fiving the kids as they come off and, and if your child doesn't play a good game, well, then they're not mixing with the other parents. They're more likely to sort of isolate themselves or, or wait in the car for you to come out afterwards. And whilst that might not be the obvious, oh, look, that's a terrible parent, the the psychological effect on the child who you know, starts to think, you know, they're, they're probably not thinking exactly this, but they start to feel it, that the, the parent's self-esteem of how much they mix with the other parents and their peers is affected by the child's performance out on the, the field or the court or whatever they're actually playing. So it could be something as subliminal as that compared to the ones who just yell out and there's a the whole scheme of things in between those probably two examples. Yeah. yeah chapter one starts with talking about, you know, the obsession with winning uh, and the fact that the the the, uh, the most sort of obvious and glaring thing here is it's not the kids who can't cope with losing, it's the adults who can't cope with it. Yeah, I, and I always laugh. They, they say, oh, people tell me stories of oh, this particular team, you know, they were, they were playing basketball and they were already 40 points up and, the, and they were pushing for more and, I think you can't really blame the under-12 kids for that. You blame all the adults around that are allowing those sorts of things to actually happen and to occur and and not to teach them uh, a better way of of sportsmanship, I suppose, of how to handle that situation. And uh, certainly I I, I feel that if if any of those sort of examples take place, uh, I very rarely, if ever, look at the kids. It's the adults around who are allowing those sorts of things to occur and what we've what probably the downside of those things occurring is leagues saying okay well we won't have scoreboards we won't have ladders we won't have competition and for me that is catering to the lowest common denominator if the adults can't handle winning or losing so we'll take it away from the kids but there's so many different uh, advantages and positive aspects to, to teaching kids how to compete 
properly that uh, we potentially take away when it's just, okay, just go out there and we've got no idea who wins and loses. Yeah, it's a really interesting and, and much talked about, uh, a much debated uh, argument, isn't it, whether whether it's a good or a bad thing. I, I tend to agree with you and I, I tend to think to, and again agree with what you've done in the book, the way you presented that in working on kids' life skills and their and their game skills as opposed to actually winning the game is is what you should look at within, within a game as, as your victories. Yeah, and looking at, if we if we talk just talk about competing and trying to win, I think I have around about eleven reasons why yep. it's a good thing, and it comes down to teaching kids that competition is okay and it shouldn't be something that's feared because as they grow up through their life, they'll be competing for jobs and in their job themselves, they'll be competing for sales or whatever it may be. Life is very much about competing in a lot of ways, so teach them that competition should not be feared and how to bring your best effort. So if it is a competition, bring your best effort. How to manage nerves and get overly nervous when you do actually have to compete at some stage and you know coping when things go wrong and, and how to bring out your best effort when it's actually required and um, how to lose with grace. It's really important and building self-esteem. So all of those things can be done through competing and, and you mentioned that the life skills there and one of the reasons why I'm absolutely against these coaches who say, you know, give me your kids, go away and come back and pick them up at the end of the actual event or, or training is because one of the big advantages of sport is it, it is a perfect platform for a parent to, to teach those life skills. And, and that's your job as a parent. It's not the coach's job. It is your job to teach the kids how to be resilient, how to be polite, how to overcome obstacles, how to be a good sports person. Uh, That's your job as a parent. And sport gives you so many opportunities that if the kid doesn't make the team, how do they handle that? Or if they do make the team, how do they handle that? If they're injured, how do they handle that? If they're um, not getting the position that they actually want to play in immediately, how do they handle that? They're all life skills that will come in handy later in life. So by absolving yourself out of the whole sports landscape, you're you're missing out on a great opportunity as a parent to to do your job, basically. Yeah, yeah. Sport mirroring life and and life mirroring sport. It's it's been a constant thing through. I'm I'm sure through your life and and certainly through most of our lives. Exactly. Yeah. You know, there's, there's so so many things that uh, I, I've learned through sport. You know, success, failure, injuries, re- resilience. And, and uh, I try to use as many examples as I can without sort of boring people too much about those. But it's a, a microcosm of wider life in a lot of ways. Yeah, and uh, some of the things in the book, I know they're, I know they're, they're fairly obvious, I, I guess, but uh, things like uh, attitudes like I, I know what's best for you and that, uh, you really uh, get into that and explore it and explain it in a way that, will make some people actually see it who haven't seen it before, which I think is a really good aspect of this book. Yeah, and you know, one of the issues we have with I know what's best for you, especially with the kids, is I'm going to get your goals for you. I'm going to you know, tell you how much you should train and all that sort of stuff. And, and if the kids aren't even ready for it, I say let's let's sit down and, and create some goals for you. But to be totally honest, I'm, I'm not a big one for kids 
setting goals, primarily because most of them can't remember to bring their lunchbox home from school uh, during the day. Yeah, Let alone, okay, what do I want to do in six, 12 months' time? Yeah, they're, they're thinking very, very short term. So if you want to sit down with your kids and talk about aspirations, hey, you would love to be an AFL footballer one day. Beautiful, great. You know? Well, what we need to do is we need to find a team for you and make sure that you love playing AFL footy because guess what? You're probably going to have a ball in your hand more often. You're going to go to training more often because you love it. And uh, you know, who knows what might come of that? That's certainly better than saying, radio. if you want to be an AFL footballer, well, every night you've got to go out and do 50 left foot kicks and 50 right foot kicks. And pretty soon that kid's more, more often than not, those kids are probably going to get turned off. And we, I think I'd make the point in the book about you know, the, the Tiger Woods effect and we all, all know about Earl Woods having the young yep. tiger out there and hitting hundreds of shots every night before dinner and wasn't allowed to eat before dinner. And you know, that's the way to create a champion. But I often think, was Earl the only person in the world who was doing that? Because I'm tipping that he wasn't the only person in the world. There's plenty of other fathers probably doing it, but where where are those players? Where are those kids now? <laughs> they're, they're not the Tiger Woods. And how much did that sort of sort of uh, result in the sort of the, the issues that Tiger has in general society and uh, hopefully those kids have still have relationships with their mum and dad who force them out to actually do all that sort of training. So for every Tiger, I reckon there's thousands who didn't end up that way. Yeah. You address burnout uh, in the book too. You also address the fact that um, being uh, that that sort of one-dimensional as as Will was with Tiger and playing just one sport might work for golf, but it doesn't work for the most part. The the more experiences you can give kids in in all sorts of sports is better for them. Absolutely, there are just so so many advantages to not specialising too early. And uh, you know, we with our generation, we've grown up with these ten thousand hours of practice in order to get, you know, perfection of skills. That's not something that I agree with either. I think it was a great catchphrase, but who's done the the science on that? I I think I was talking to one sports scientist who said, if I was to build the perfect athlete, I would get my kid into swimming, build great cardiovascular strength. I would get my kid into gymnastics for great spatial awareness and, and strength and all that sort of stuff. I would get them into playing basketball or football where it's a good 360-degree game, eye-hand coordination, and all, all of these different sports combined will probably build the ideal athlete, not just focusing on on one. And you, you never know what the kids are going to enjoy, and I, I still firmly stand by what I said before about the one that they enjoy the most will be the one that they go to practice the most. They'll pick up that ball in their own spare time. They'll watch that sport on television, which is really important, just by osmosis basically you don't think they're watching but they're they're picking up the patterns of play and how the ball moves and what decisions the players actually make by watching it on television that will generally end up being the one that they're best at now not necessarily best to go on and be a world champion earn a living from it but in their local scene that might be the one that they really enjoy the most and find a community of people who are like-minded and also love that sport which is really really important as well and the key phrase to everything you you just talked about then was the fact that the kids were enjoying it, not necessarily you enjoying it as the parent or the coach. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny. One of the things I always get parents to do is ask 
your kids what is fun. And we all say, yeah, got to have fun, got to have fun. But what actually is fun? And um, you, you might be surprised about that. I, I did that with one of my daughters once. I said, what is actually fun about playing soccer? And she thought about it and said, think about the whole weekend, Saturday, we're going to play soccer. She said, well, the, the most fun part is the, the times when you get me there early and um, I get to catch up with the girls who are in my team who don't go to my school and I spend a good 15, 20 minutes with them before we actually start getting serious and doing warm-ups. And at the end of the game, when we don't have to shoot off too early, we have a, a can of Coke and a sausage and I get to muck around with them. It's just that social connection. Yeah. That's the funnest part. And what I realized was that because we had three kids playing three different teams, we were it was like a military operation, right? You get that one there, then straight after that game, you whip her off the field and then we'll get to that one and then we'll get to that one. And we were actually depriving her of the most fun part of her sport, which is that social connection piece. So, um, yeah, if you're a parent, sit down and, and just ask, what is fun? You, you might be surprised because it's your job as a parent to, to really promote that fun aspect of, of their sport. Not sure that I didn't see it in the book or I can't remember seeing it in the book when I, when I read it. Uh, the difference between coaching um, boys and girls, is, is there much difference in that? And you're coming up now doing the AFLW stuff. Is there a difference in the competitive nature or is it just the same basically? Uh, no, there, there is a, a difference, quite a significant difference. I was called Texas by one commentator for daring to suggest there's a difference between boys and girls because you know, his, his daughter, oh, sorry, her daughter wanted to be treated exactly the same as the boys. Well, it's not like treating them the same. It's, it's treating them accordingly. And boys and girls have different personalities. And uh, we, we need to treat them accordingly. And for me, I, I've found coaching females far more enjoyable than, than coaching males. It doesn't mean it's bad or good, but it's, it, it is different. And there's some little basic differences. If I stand up in front of a, a group of boys and say, right, our boys, you, today you played terrible, your skills are terrible, you didn't try hard enough, most of the boys in that room are probably looking around the other boys and deflecting and going, yeah your skills are terrible and you didn't try very hard and, and you, you know, you had a shocking one today. Whereas if I'd say that in front of my team, even the ones who had great skills and did try really hard, they tend to take on that group feedback as as the individual and they have far greater empathy for the players who actually I do single out, not that I ever do, but if I single, singled out one player, well then, fair chance all the rest will feel bad as well. But if I single out a, a male, they're probably going, great, you're picking on him, not me, that's good. <laughs> um, just oh, little oh. things like that, uh, it, it, it makes it so much different and, in my mind, more fun. Yeah, I was about to say, so is, that's what, is that what is now fun for you? Yeah, absolutely. It, it, um, it's a privilege to coach the, the women that, that I do because not only do I get the opportunity to make them the best footballers that they can be. But you know, I, I firmly believe the old saying that a, a, a good coach can change a game, but a great coach can change a life. And you know, I don't want to put too big a point on my importance or anything like that. But you know, if I can have a, a young female who's not that confident and unsure of her ability and give her the belief and the skills and the opportunity to really achieve something, well, you know, potentially I've had the ability to 
to change your life um, for the better. So you don't take that sort of privilege for granted. It's a terrific book, Nathan. Well done on putting it together, mate, because it is a, a big body. Of, it's not a, a, a huge book by any stretch of the imagination, but a big body of work and a lot of thought's gone into it, and it's a, it's something that should be handed out at Auskick clinics, at uh, at schools, at all sorts of – I can think of 100 people straight off the top of my head who should be reading uh, this book uh, because of their involvement in junior sport. But uh, thanks for putting it together, mate, and thanks for having a chat. Thanks, Kev. Appreciate that, mate. Best and Fairest Sports Parenting. Uh, it is a great book. It has so many uh, tips and so much advice and so many good thoughts in there uh, to help uh, us all navigate that area, whether it is as a parent, uh, you know, give it to your, your local sporting coach who's looking after your kids. Uh, it's a book that I think a lot of people should read. So grab a hold of it and uh, well done to Nathan for writing it and good luck to him and uh, the girls that he's coaching in the uh, in the AFLW with the Western Bulldogs. And my thanks once again to our podcast partners who are terrific supporters and will support you in growing your wealth and making sure that you achieve your financial goals. And all you have to do is contact them and that's easy. CSCG.com.au or give them a call on double nine seven four eight triple three. Where you found this episode of the Authorised Podcast, you can find a whole lot of old episodes uh, where we talk to a whole raft of authors of different uh, book genres, whether it's crime, whether it's food, whether it's sport, whatever it is, uh, thrillers, uh, whodunits, we've got them all in there, and plenty more coming in the next episode of the Authorised Podcast. Look forward to talking to you then. Listener.